Relevant to Our Interests is brought to you by Chicken. Chicken? Chicken is doom. Hey, hello, and welcome. You are listening to Relevant to Our Interests. I'm Frank, and with me as always is... Some guy who just found, like, who uh, hacked into this. Very lazy. A hobo! <laughs> a and that's actually something the... good to know, is that somebody who is, who is unsheltered is unsheltered. Somebody who's a hobo has chosen the lifestyle. It's actually it's a true. different, there's an actually a technically different term. It is. The more you know. Yeah, that, that was, that was terrible. Hey, John, so, uh... I'm pretty excited about today's today's episode. I got to be honest. Uh, you're you're futzing with your mic. That concerns me. Well, <laughs> that's between me and my mic, Frank. That's fair, but it 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 will be between me and the the audio output of that re, that uh, intimate relationship you two have will be uh, my problem later. So- <laughs> well, I mean, technically speaking, it's your problem always. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> I mean, to but, be fair. Uh, Basically, I'm just trying means, to make okay. sure I get some, some clipping gone. I also think I need to pick up one of the toppy things to help with that. Little covers. Yeah, uh, yeah that's not a bad idea. Um, so, I am very excited about today's episode. Uh, we talked about this on the old version of the podcast. And when we talked about it, I think we only had up through volume 10, 9 or 10, mm-hmm. uh, read. But we have the entire damn thing because this thing ended, they, they wrapped this up in 2016. So we have all 60 issues. And of course, we're talking about the comic Chew, Chew. by John Lehman and Rob Gulroy. But before that, just a couple of short things, uh, catching up a bit. Um, today we're not going to talk about medical emergencies. Today I'm going to talk about my birthday. It's coming up here in a couple of weeks. It is indeed. And I'm very excited about it. Almost Frank's I'm gonna birthday. Be, I'm going to be another year older. I'm in my 40s and it's terrible. I have, but, uh, and my plan is, so I lied. I'm going to talk about my, my surgery. I can't drive drive over the mountains quite yet, and I won't be able to for my birthday. Yeah. But my plan is to actually go out, and I'm doing this a couple of weeks after my birthday, to go out and uh, hang out with John and his partner and spend the weekend uh, just chilling, having fun. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited. Maybe go out and see a play if there's anything playing or, uh, uh, you know, just to have a good time. And I'm excited. I haven't been out to do something like that in quite a while. So uh, I, uh, mostly I get to inflict my presence on other people, hmm. uh, some of whom don't mind my presence. So uh, happy yeah. birthday to me. Yeah. yeah. And for if you're curious, it's the, my birthday is the 20th of this month, January. So woohoo. Uh, John, do you, do you have anything you want to break? That's all I have. Um, That's literally all I got. Let's see, uh, last time was the hospital thing. Uh, yeah, things I've done. Oh, I've gotten a uh, a drink mate, which is a little uh, thing to fizzy up your drinks. 
But okay. unlike uh, some of the others where you need like the special uh, things there and it'll add the water for you and, and whatever, this literally just like infuses your beverage with um, CO2. So, so basically, uh, it doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. Doesn't matter what, like, so basically, I, as long as it's not, like, if it's too pulpy, then it becomes a problem because it, like, kind of okay. clogs up the, the internals. But aside from that, like, it's literally just, like, I've, I did some, uh, some juice that I infused. I, I did just, like, some of that, you know, that flavored water stuff that we use. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Use some of that the, 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 there. Um, one, it was. I mean, yeah, but it was. It's not bad at all. It has this like kind of big CO two cartridge thing you put in, huh. and that was that was that was pretty pretty nice. Uh, I also one thing I've done is I, I mean, I'm still missing a bunch of it, but I have yeah. got all of my game books out of boxes. At least as far as I know, there's probably still some hidden throughout the house in my parents' place. It, but and and fun fact, one of the reasons why you did ended up doing that, yeah, is was for to, looking for the books. To find <laughs> the find the last one for Chu that I did not find, uh, and Frank, yeah. uh, uh, I, I mailed you my two two copies yeah. so you could read it. Yeah, uh, um, for this. Which is fine because I'm going out to see you. I'm like I'm going out to see them. I'm yeah, just gonna you know, I'll just, just get them when I when I come out there. Yeah. And I think so. as soon as I have the have the extra, I'll just pick up another another copy of it so that I have all of the omnivores editions. Yeah, I I actually like to to pick up the omnivore editions, and that that's kind of that's next on the agenda. Yeah. But um, if you're ready, without further ado, I uh, one last thing. So there is some there is one more to do. Damn you, John! <laughs> <laughs> um, I started playing. Uh, um, how was it? Uh, Vi- uh, Viscera cleanup. This, uh, shit, what's the name of the, the goddamn game? Uh, yeah, Viscera cleanup uh, detail. Um, oh Jesus Christ! On, that sounds horrible. It's on. <laughs> it, it's on Steam. It, it, one, it's actually surprisingly, surprisingly fun. Um, I mean, like you're literally just like a, you're like the cleanup crew, but you're like the cleanup crew, obviously of all of these different like sci-fi movies and stuff. Like I, I just, just about finished uh, a level that's that you're, you're very, you have very clearly gone against the alien versus predator uh, thing there. There's one where it's like a robot uprising that you're cleaning up from. Um, It's, it's delightful and it's, and it's multiplayer. And uh, uh, if you ever get a computer that will run it, I want someday to play. soon. Yes, and then we will. In the next, will, in the next six months, cause... I'll be up. I'm going to be upgrading because I need to. Uh, I need to upgrade. Yeah. And 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 retire my laptop to just a writing laptop. Um, yeah. Well, this, this is spades. also it's it's a it's an older, it's a slightly older game, so I think it should be. I could probably get it to run on, my, on this laptop. Uh, th- this laptop is clunking along. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. I know. I'm, I'm just saying that, like, that I think that there's a certainty once you once you level up there, and it's, but it's it's yeah. surprisingly mostly it's so like it's tongue it's it's incredibly gory, but also like real like tongue in cheek about it. 
Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, it's, it's a lot of fun. Like there's a, there's a bit where you actually run into the, uh, was it the, oh, the, uh, the space, um, uh, the, the, the space one where they go through, where they jump through, um, the, like the faster than light and it's all, and it, it's hell. Um, uh, you're talking about Event Horizon. Yeah, Event Horizon. Yeah, there, there's, Which, there's there's a level that is clearly inspired by Event Horizon that you can go and do the cleanup on. That's something I actually wouldn't mind talking about on this because I Me really too. like Event I like Horizon. I, I um, what I would love to do with that is I would love to do uh, get at the very least that one and um, Hellraiser Four. Uh-huh. And do a and do like a, a and possibly find some find some other ones because there are some other ones there, but doing yeah. a a one, like doing an actual like compare and contrast, yeah. Like not just do that one, but do do like both of them. I think that could be a lot of fun. That actually could be a lot of fun. Anyway, so yes. Now, now are we ready to continue? Until I think of something to, uh, we are going. We're going to start. All right. So today's episode, we're talking about the comic book series Chew, mm-hmm. uh, written by John Lehman and uh, art by Rob Gulroy. Um, we give you a little bit of background uh, to these. To this, uh, first off, John Lehman, he's a comic book writer and an artist. He's been writing in comics um, full time since 2002, but he's worked at, he worked at an editor uh, for Wildstorm Comics before that. Or, um, he's primarily worked for Marvel. Specifically, he he did uh, writing for Marvel Zombies as well as a bunch of licensed material, including like Xena, Warrior Princess, and uh, Army of Darkness. Um, He's also worked as a writer for uh, Cryptic Studios, the game studio. Um, he uh, he came up with the Chew, and I I don't have an exact date when he he came up with the idea for Chew, but Chew uh, uh, in the say in the back of the comic. Give me a second. He actually he actually probably he probably does in one of one of the volumes. He does have he did have the ending for it planned from the very beginning, and he told. Rob about it when they first when he first met him in 2007. Well, and and uh, he he makes it sound because I read the little thing about it there. He makes it sound like he like the I was drunk and I just w- and I was like following him around the party and just wouldn't shut up about this whole <laughs> this yeah. whole thing. Yeah. there. like it sounds There's, like there is, annoying there, and adorable at the same time. There are really there are really nice. Uh, and it sounds like something I would absolutely do. Um, oh, it was uh, 2007 is when it... 2007. That's what I said. Yes. Well, I was yeah. d- double checking because we weren't sure. I, or maybe. I don't know. Well, I was double checking 2007 is when, that's the one that, that's 2007 the one that is when he, when, he, when he talked to Rob about it. But I don't... the When he came up with the actual concept of Tony, I think it was way before that. Because um, it's, it's an idea that he had that he was looking for an artist. Yeah, according according to Rob, it was actually two thousand and eight when when that happened. So two thousand eight, okay. Yeah. So there is, but uh, so even they're like sort of unsure as to which one's which. So yeah, he he talked to Rob in two thousand eight about it. Um, fun fact, and this is something that I got from an interview uh, from Comics Pal, which is a website that that 
looks at comics and reviews comics. I actually just discovered it when I was doing a little bit of research for this podcast. It's actually pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do an interview at, uh, I can actually tell you which, the Baltimore Comic Con. They, the guy interviews both Rob and John, and he talks, they, they talk to, uh, to, to John about uh, Tony being Asian. Uh, one of the reasons that uh, John conceived Tony as an Asian character is because uh, John's wife is Asian, mm. and he wanted to give his son a, a hero like a comic book hero. That's uh, actually that's really cool. I really like that. He also he also comments in that same interview. He's like, but my he's like. That being said, my son looks like exactly like me. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but, uh, but no, that I think that really is cool, and uh, yeah, really I sweet. will, uh, I will drop a link to that interview into Comic Pal's website. It's a, it's a cool little website. I, I had never come across it before, mm. but it's still, it's still putting out content. There's two or th- there's I think three people that that do it that contribute to it. So, um, if you, dear listener want to uh to uh check it out uh we'll have a link to the both interviews there um rob gulroy had been doing comics any comics in the early 2000s but he hadn't had a permanent gig chu was his first big gig john came to him specifically because of his art style um and that was a massive kind of mix-up because usually rob was being asked to change his art style and john's like no i like the way you do shit let's yeah, it, I, you know, I, I I have to say one of the things that I do have always loved about Rob and the, the, this comic in general is that it's it's bold in in just like choosing to do something that is not like anything else. Like Chew looks like nothing, yeah. like not like no other no other property. And yeah, it's it's very distinct the way yeah. the, the way the art is. And it, and it, and it feels um, and it, it just it gives it, it gives it just another little little layer of uh special. When Rob first started doing the art, he was he was pretty tentative he was pretty tentative about it. Cuz I mean even though John's like I like your art style, you do do what you do. Uh you know, if you you've been asked to change stuff up and you've had to kind of adjust your style for other creators, you're going to come into it a little bit cautious. But yeah. as he went on and John was like, yeah, go ahead and, you know, just kind of let him do what he wanted. He started really exploring the character design, started hiding Easter eggs in the background and the Easter eggs. There's tons of, Oh yeah. There's so right. much, especially as you go on. And, and John says that like almost all of those Easter eggs are all, are all Rob. Um, the first issue of she was released in June of 2009. Chu won two Eisner Awards, uh, the first in 2010 for Best New Series and the second in 2011 for Best Continuing Series. Uh, it also won two Harvey Awards, the first for the Best New ta- Talent for Rob Gilroy in 2010 and the second for Best New Series also in 2010. Um, both of these are comic book industry awards. Uh, I would elaborate more on them. I know I've heard of both of them. I don't know enough details and I did not read enough for this podcast, but Eisner's and Harvey awards are pretty, are pretty big, are, are kind of a big deal. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're like, they're, it's like the Grammy. I would say they're like, they're sort of like the, uh, the Emmys in the golden Globes yeah, of, uh, kinda. comic books. Yeah. Um, that's the rough comparison. So this, uh, 
for folks that listen to us, for the five of you that listen to our episodes, um, we usually give fairly detailed uh, commentary on the plot uh, with John and me interjecting our thoughts as we go. Um, we can't do that with this. This this is super complicated. The plot is just too big. There's a whole bunch of subplots. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of smaller well, and, arcs that... And, and the thing is, is that like... Is, is, some of it's not even necessarily size, it's complexity. Like there's just yeah. so much, there's so many little, th- it's it's so many little, little things that are all kind of moving towards there. Cause it's like, it's, it starts out as a fairly kind of straightforward procedural slash mystery. And then, yeah. the, then the more it goes, the more it, it, it becomes, becomes something else distinctly that I'll, that I, I'll, I'll talk about uh, in a little bit. Yeah. And so we, uh, which wait, maybe a relief relief for, for some people. Cause like we just, we can't, we can't talk about the plot of this in, in the way we would do before. And we can't even talk about all the individual characters because there's a lot of smaller characters that pop up. Uh, so we have to keep it to the central core characters, and there's still a ton of those. Yeah. Uh, so basically, what what it, we're approaching this is, we obviously will touch on the plot, and we're also going to talk on the characters, but we're also going to talk about the powers and stuff, um, in in kind of the world in general. So with that being said, uh, there are three primary arcs, and we're going to give a big brief summary towards the end on each of these. And the the arcs are interlinked. They do weave into each other and and culminate into to a final point. Um, the world itself is is kind of an alternative alternative Earth. Um, approximately two years before the story begins, uh, the world suffered from a massive outbreak of the bird flu that killed 160 million people. This caused the FDA to become the most powerful law enforcement agency in the U.S. because the government banned chicken and poultry in general. Um, and also people have powers based on food or around food and the powers, there is a list of, I think about 50 powers. Uh, I found like the full list of powers for this world. We're going to talk about seven of them, the the food related powers. They, so the, the powers either involve, there's basically three kind of two groups and then one group has like a subset, two subsets. Um, they either involve eating food or the presentation or preparation of food. Yeah. Um, or, or sometimes that, just, or in, in at least one case, just thinking about food. Yeah. So the, those that involve eating food, consuming food, the powers do something to the person that eats it. Those that involve the preparation or presentation of food, the powers uh, involve the person that's consuming it are consuming the thing around that presentation. So there is a subset of the presentation of food where people use food to like create objects. Case in point, the chocolate sculpture who can sculpt chocolate to the point that it mimics the thing that is sculpted. Perfect. Whether it's a knife or a laser gun, mm-hmm. um, th- 
and there are some variations on that. There's like some guys that like create armor and weapons out of jello, but it's like yeah. specific flavors out yeah. of jello. Uh, there's some that have like not exactly the same, but comparable abilities with uh, uh, vegetables. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the, the primary and the central power, which is what the main character and the main antagonists have is uh, he's called the Siebel path. And the Siebel path gets psychic impressions from the things that they eat. Um, meaning if they eat an apple, they have flashes of where the apple was, the truck that it came in on, the pesticides that's used, the people that picked it. If they eat a cow or a, a hamburger, then they get flashes of the, slaughterhouse and they'll get flashes of it being out in the field and all of that. Um, one thing about Sibopathy is if they eat, uh, consume enough of a person or an animal with extreme talents, i.e. most of that being yeah. or thing, then they can absorb those powers or abilities that that person has. Yeah. And that's important because it becomes a central focus of the, the, of the yeah. comic as it goes. And, it, and it's, it's not even, and it's not even limited to just the, like the, the supernatural abilities, like the people there, like, yeah. uh, uh, for, for example, due to circumstances, uh, there's a bit where Tony ends up being forced to eat a shitload of baseball players. And he comes out of it with like the ability to throw a a fastball, fa like a fastball hard enough to like shatter bone, like to yeah. like just outright kill people with a fastball. Like it, it's yeah. And so it's it's also like cumulative. It's also like a cumulative thing. Like things will like start to like yeah. combine together within the Sibo yeah. path. All of these abilities are actually kind of central to the plot in one way or another. There's uh, Sabo Scriveners, and this is one of those presentation are of, of food. The Sabo Scrivener can write a fo about food so vividly that the reader has a sensation of consuming it while they read it. Um, the related power to that is a Sabo Conscribo, which is the ability to con convey the feelings of flavor to stories that the person writes. The same character has both of these abilities. The, the Sabo Scrivener, the Sabo Conscribo ability is developed uh, in a story-related way, which we'll talk about. Then there's Sibo uh, Voyant, and the Sibo Voyant can see the future of anything that the eater consumes that's living. Um, yeah. And it only works on living things. You can't They can't bite a dead thing and see the future of that, or they can't bite an inanimate I, thing. I actually had a th I actually had a thought on that. I don't remember it's explicitly said in the comics or just something that I extrapolated, but the yeah. abil that ability to see the future of a living thing, of course it's not going to work on dead stuff because dead stuff doesn't have a future anymore. Cause yeah. it's dead. <laughs> I actually, I actually thought about the same, I actually thought the same thing and I'm actually kind of glad you brought that up because, uh, I didn't want to say it, but I was hoping you would. So, because <laughs> that's 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 obvious, right? Yeah. Um, the the next the next thing is the Victulocusire, and this is a really weird ability, and it and it comes up right towards the end of the the comic run, and it's the ability to transport those that eat in the presence of the person who has the ability to the place that the food is being eaten from. And it also yeah. includes time periods. So if you're eating like, uh, and we don't, I don't really talk about it very much, but, or I don't talk about them at all. There's, there's a group of people who like get 
weird ass food and in, in, in extinct food like they yeah, found in they, ice they, caps. Yeah, they, there was the whole thing with them like cloning a bunch of uh, animals because they wanted to eat, eat extinct them. animals. Yeah, and other questionable things. Um, they they pop up a few times. They're central to the plot, but not central enough to really throw into the narrative. Um, the Victulos Cusire, uh, can also transport you to the time period of that, of the thing that you're eating. So if you're eating, say <coughs> honey that was found in a, in a jar in ancient Egypt, it would actually transport you to that time period. Um, it's a really cool power and I would love to see it explored more, but the guy who, by the way, spoilers. Spoilers to the whole fucking thing. Yeah, like, yeah, we're, will, I mean, but sorry. it's also like at this point, it's almost ten years done. So, yeah. If I mean, if if you if you really have issues with spoilers that are that that far gone, then yeah, I don't know why you're listening to our podcast. <laughs> but, I will spoil. I will spoil shit that happened fifteen seconds ago. <laughs> The, uh, the, uh, the thing is the thing with the, <coughs> the guy who has that power ends up transporting the guys to the, to the prehistoric past and literally gets killed in the, in the process to the point where they have to sort of force their way out, yeah. uh, of, of the situation. But anyway, the last power that I want to go over. And and by the way, like I said, there's like 50 powers in this. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the a so, big list of them, and it's, it's fucking nuts. It's not the one on Wikipedia, is it? Because there's another one that has all of no, them. This is the Doomsbots pod. Okay, it's a, it's the same one I found. Yeah. yeah. And I I'll, I'm a, I'm gonna I have that bookmarked. I'll actually throw that in the show notes. <laughs> this is the first time we've had like extensive links in the show notes. Um, yeah. the last power is Sibo Passim. and the Sibo Passim's power is the ability to broadcast a meal as a message to the world. If the power is developed enough, and that becomes very important in a couple of ways. So there's all of these people who have these powers, and some of them are less useful than others. Like there's a dude, I can't remember the name of the power, but there's a dude who can, his head basically takes on the shape of the food he eats, <laughs> and he becomes a politician uh, because of it. Yeah. Uh, there's another guy who has the ability to... Uh, String string guitars with spaghetti noodles. <laughs> Is, well, isn't there a there's a, a the 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 mayor guy? Isn't there? Doesn't he get like a, have like a huge scandal once he has some chicken and his head turns into a giant roast chicken? Yeah, there's a huge scandal about it, but it, he comes out of it because at, towards the end of the co- comic run, like when it jumps forward, he's like the president of the United States. Oh, at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> so. We're going to go over the uh, characters and, and kind of touch on their background and, the, and their plot and whatnot. First off, Tony Chu, he's our main protagonist. Uh, he is a sebopath. He gets second compressions from the things he eats, with the exception of beets. And beets is are almost, almost universal. Uh, it, as someone who has... It's, it sorry, it is on. not... It, like, for Tony, it's beets. Because each well, of them, each of them have each of them have a different each each sebopath has a different thing, and Savoy makes that very clear. Makes that very clear because his is persimmons. Oh well, it, it, the for the collector, it's also beets because remember, mm. uh, Antonel eats a shit ton of beets before. I I think that I think that's uh, I think that's actually Antonel's 
That's Antonelle's block. It's Antonelle's blocker. Oh. And then so the so the, the vampire so the, the vampire can't get her ability because she basically oh. killed it off. She okay. had enough beats I didn't, to just to, to to make it useless. Okay, I didn't I didn't I didn't catch that that bit of detail, uh which yeah. I do remember Savoy mentioning persimmons. Yeah, I well but, uh, I well and that, that 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 me was actually a connect making that connection like just now, but after the whole, but after the whole thing, particularly towards towards the end, there like there's a lot of it because if beats were a universal, then there's a big chunk of Savoy's plan at the end that would not have worked. Ah, because he eats all of those beats because they don't affect him. Persimmons kills his power, and I don't think they ever okay. establish what kills Olive's power. But Olive, no. but Olive is also. Olive is also powerful enough that it doesn't really matter. She can just power through it. Yeah. Like. Anyway, I digress. So, as John pointed out, for Tony, it's Beats, and Antonelle, it's Beats, which makes sense because they're twins. Yeah. Uh, and we'll talk about Antonelle here in a minute. Um, if he eats a lot, if he eats Beats, he doesn't get the psychic impressions. Um, when the when the comic starts, he's a, he's a police officer in uh, what is it, Philadelphia? I think so. Yeah. Um, for a, and I, th- and I think his, they still have that particular issue that you can just read for free the first the very first issue i don't know where yeah. but we can look and see throw that in the, yeah the notes so he starts off as a cop uh him and his partner john Kobe, uh but he discovers a serial killer by eating chicken soup contaminated with the killer's blood when him and his partner are stopped from bringing in a, a perp their uh kind of watching that's going into a chicken speakeasy. Um, yeah. What he, I, I do have to say one of my absolute favorite moments, almost in the entire comic is when they're in the chicken speakeasy, the whole thing. And Tony asks what kind of soup it is. <laughs> and then the, the little <laughs> waiter's like, it's chicken. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> so the killer, the, the killer has nicked his finger. And there's a little bit of blood in the soup. Tony gets impressions of the uh, people that he's murdered, the women that he's murdered. Him and John like go after him, and John knows about his power, but John hates the fact that he has it. <laughs> um, well, so does and, Tony to a certain extent. Yeah, Tony hates it too. <clears throat> um, the killer like slices his throat, and then so Tony like start biting. No, he just, he just like eating. jumps up and just starts gnawing on the dude's face. Like it is yeah. like it, it, it is to the point where it's like, because like all the other, like all the other uh, police are there with, with their, with their guns and they're like, like, you know, like stop there. Da, da, da. And then Tony has this moment of like, he's going to die and we're not like, and we're not going to know. And there are some of these women that are still alive. Yeah. You know what? My career, my, my, uh, my career is not worth their lives. And he just like yeah. jumps and like, and it, it literally just jumps and starts like tearing flesh off of his face, like with his teeth. Like it's, yeah. it's brutal. Needless to say, <laughs> he loses his job. Tony's let go from his police yeah. job, <laughs> but he's recruited to the FDA and he's partnered with Mason Savoy. Mm-hmm. Now Mason Savoy oh. is, starts out as Tony's partner in the FDA. He's another Sybil path like Tony. Mm-hmm. And like John said, uh, persinums are uh, what block his power. Mm. Um, He's also less powerful, but more knowledgeable. 
Yes. That, that, and that, that, that's something that he says over and over again because he points out and he, he – one of the things that Savoy does often in the comic is point out how powerful uh, Tony actually is. Like he's actually an incredibly powerful Sibopath. Particularly compared yeah. to like any any of the others, and that like even down to like the vampire, who's who's another powerful SIBO path. Like if Tony wanted to go that direction, he would be the same. He'd yeah. have the same level. Of, he'd be the same level of power, if not more so. Um. Yeah. And then then the but but may, but Savoy. But Savoy makes up for it with just his like the raw knowledge and the amount that he's gained, and the fact that the dude is like a fucking mastermind. Like like he yeah. he is a like and and he's able to like play play the like play the game like play the the, the chess game through the whole thing, and it's yeah it's fascinating. Yeah, so uh, they start out as partners. Savoy eventually goes rogue. Yeah. Uh, because Tony discovers that he's been kind of working behind the scenes that he murdered uh, a, a food inspector yeah. and uh, that he's, he's, he's kind of been doing some extra legal yeah. uh, investigation. And, and, and Tony is a real hard line for the rules. Like, yes, in, yes, in, he like, is. Like, to use like the gear, your, your D and D, terms there he is like a pretty hardcore paladin and savoy is a lot more like a rogue or a or or something like that you know like he's a lot more more he's a lot more morally flexible as long as the as long as the goal is noble nothing else quite matters to savoy which is one of the things that makes him in a fucking amazing villain yeah yeah um savoy basically figures out everything yeah. Uh he he figures out everything and we'll go over that after we get done talking about the characters. And when he does figure out everything, he gets Tony who refuses to work with him. Mm-hmm. Uh one because t- Savoy like bites off Tony's ear. Yeah. Two, uh Savoy recruits Tony's daughter Olive to train her and like help him like do mm-hmm. this investigation and fight off the vampire. Uh Tony hates Savoy because of all of this and he refuses to work with him. So Savoy eventually gets Tony and says, okay, I'm going to show you what's going on. And that's where the, the Victulo Squire sire comes in. Cause he, he basically, they eat like a dinosaur, part Mm. of a dinosaur that's been genetically cloned. And he shows them the past where there's this chicken race. Yeah. It's like Cro-Magnon, Cro-Magnon chickens. Like like, eighty million years ago or whatever, yeah. and Tony like is like okay that's fucked up, but I still ain't working with you and leaves Savoy there. Yeah, um, and we'll go we'll go over this this whole plot here in a minute. But the next person is John Colby. Now John Colby is Tony's partner. Mm-hmm. John and Tony have a lot of friction, and John has no food based powers. Yeah, um, he does have a computer in his head la- uh, he- shortly. After the starts, he and a cybernetic eye. Yeah. He, thanks he to also, getting hit he also in the face. has what uh, what 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 the 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 hep young kids call the Riz, uh, in that he is incredibly charismatic and basically can work his way into anyone's pants, and yeah, does. Actually, I, I actually, if you actually look at my notes, I 
I comment on that. Complete slut. <laughs> um, he uh, he gets hit in the face with the meat cleaver when they they take down their first uh, that serial killer. He doesn't. So they John and Colby have kind of a weird relationship because they do they kind of have a like a frenemy relationship. But John does respect Tony. He does. He does. Well, I also, I also, I, I always got the feeling that like John would, John and Tony would be friends, like like legitimate, close, good friends. And if I, if and I would say if by the Tony end of it, would let it happen, I was going to say, but I think by the end of the end of the comic, they they pretty much are. Yeah, I know. I mean, say, but but you get it, uh-huh. like from, from almost from the very beginning. He's, uh, he's, he's like, he's like that, but it's like the, the thing that is, the thing that is stopping them from being actual friends is Tony. Is Tony. Like John, John would have been, John was down like when they met. The only reason I don't like you is you don't like me. (laughs) Yeah. John ends up becoming Tony's partner in the FDA after Savoy leaves. Um, and John actually kind of goes to bat, uh, um, and he's also pansexual, like mm. he oh, yeah. Yeah. literally just sleep with whoever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and he does like mm-hmm. he sleeps with. There's Mike there's Appleby. a there's a recurring uh, motif in a panel that is all just directly related to the fact that uh, Colby just got laid. <laughs> yeah, and the other person yeah. is either like confused about what the hell just happened, or utterly in love with him now. <laughs> yeah. I have to give, I have to give him props. Good for him. Good for John Colby. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, next up, Mike Appleby. Mike Appleby is the head of the FDA uh, branch that Tony's yeah. assigned to. Yeah. Appleby hates Tony. Mm-hmm. Hates Tony. From the, like from the moment fun, he met him. Fun, fun fact, uh, John Lehman actually talks about this in their, uh, in the interview, he mentions it. Mm. He's like, he's like, I, I, I don't, I never intend to explain why Mike, why Appleby hates Tony. Like never, like, because it's not one of those things where, uh, you know, they interact a little bit and my Appleby's like, Oh, I, I don't like this guy. It's like from the very moment Appleby talks to Tony. He's basically like, I hate your fucking face. You're a piece of shit. Yeah. And so, uh, well, it, it, it almost like, I mean, I, the one thing I would speculate is I think he has some issue with sebopaths in general and probably had yeah. some, I'm thinking it's probably a carry. It starts off as a carryover for some kind of hatred of Savoy. And then yeah. because, and then afterwards it's, um, it's Tony just perpetually doing the wrong fucking thing. Yeah. Or at least in Appleby's eyes. But yeah. yeah so well, Appleby it, hates- well, and honestly, like I would say that uh, like by uh, like he's doing the wrong, he's doing just like in order to, in order to like do well in the, in the, the bureau. Um, yeah, he's doing the wrong, like Tony is always doing the wrong thing. Like the level of hard, like that, that whole hardliner. Um, thing yeah. that he does is not the, is not the right call, and in fact, despite the fact that you you think that with Appleby, that any other person showed that that kind of um, 
that kind of devotion, that kind of uh, moral integrity, the whole thing. He'd be, yeah, he'd be all over it. Mm-hmm. When it's Tony, it's a huge problem. Although, and and to be fair, and this is something I'm going to go into again later. Like with Tony, it is always a problem. Like Tony's, yeah, Tony's love of the law or inability to to break the law, yeah, um, is what destroys him. I mean, is, is, is all of it like so many of his problems are created explicitly by the fact that he cannot back down. He can't just go, you know what? I'm just going to pretend this didn't happen today. Yeah. Or I'm going to ignore this. So, one. so, so Applebee's hatred of Tony basically makes it so he finds the, the worst cases and the grossest things for Tony to eat mm-hmm. during those investigations. Yeah. Now Applebee has no powers. And uh, eventually he does end up in a long-term relationship and, and married to John Colby. Um, yeah. He's later on, he's bisected during a raid against the vampire slash collector. Yeah. Uh, and he has his lower half replaced with a robotic horse torso. Another of my favorite little motifs that they keep coming back to over and over again is there's this little thing where it's like in 20 years or whatever. It's like the little, little thing there and it will pop yeah. up. And it's usually always like Applebee looking at Tony and saying, I hate you. And it's usually after him saying like, he's never going to like you. And it's like 40 years in the future. Fucking hate you. Um, but they start to do it where like every time you jump, every time they jump ahead, like Applebee's has a different lower half. Like you see, he's got a giant spider lower half. He's got a centaur body. He's got a kangaroo lower half. He's, you know, like every time it's a different, it's a different, a different thing. And it's, yeah. And the, yeah. the, the cybernetics, I believe were, uh, were, were a gift from the USDA who does cybernetics yeah, which, instead of superpowers. Yeah. Which we're not going to go into much here. Yeah. They, too much, I mean, but. they're, they're kind of more, they're kind of more a side thing like them and NASA. They, they are important, but they're also, but they're not like main plot important. Yeah. The next character is Amelia Mintz. Uh, she's a food critic at the local newspaper and a Savile Scrivener mm-hmm. who also becomes a, uh, eventually becomes a Savile Conscribo. Yeah. But that's like um, way down the line. Yeah. After eating a bunch of um, galaxies. When, when we're first when we're first introduced to her, she's she's been writing about high end restaurants, but she'd gotten bored with that mm. and started writing about the worst pot restaurants in the city. And she ends up giving a huge portion of the city food poisoning. Yeah. Because it, her power it, it's all gives to make, people the cessation of eating food. Yeah, and it's to make a point to her boss. Where she's yeah. like, I'm done with this there. I want to do real, I want to do real journalism whole thing. They're like, why would we, why would we, like, you have this amazing ability. Why would we waste you on anything but the yeah. whole fine dining thing? Like people, I mean, you literally sell papers on your own. And she's like, oh, okay. And so she goes and goes to every nasty, horrid dive there's one that's not there's one that's just like uh it's a sushi restaurant that's a front for the yakuza so the food has just been yeah. sitting there for like months um because 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 they as they as they as the guy says 
we don't expect anyone to come in and buy this. You'd know that if you were actually a crook when Tony goes in to investigate them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then she, and then she, and then like, and then she, she gets something to eat and, and they're just like, I think at first, if I remember correctly, at first they're just like, no, like what the hell? <laughs> the hell's wrong but, with uh, you? There's an island that is a small island that has this, this, fruit called the gallsberry that's from another planet. She ends up stealing one of the gallsberries and bringing it back and starts eating it. And while as she eats it, she begins to hallucinate about a far off planet and writing down what she, yeah. she sees in the visions. Um, I don't know if you, I don't know if you, if you, if you said this here, but one of the, one of the things and the reasons why the gallopsberry is being as widely, um, uh, grown as it is, it, like, I mean, th- th- there is something to be said that it does change or enhance the powers of, of any of these sort of people with the food powers. That's one of the it's things true. that those, that the gallops berries do. But the reason why people are making it is because when you cook it, it tastes like chicken, but it's not chicken. Yeah. So it's, so it's legal. As she's eating the, as she goes on and writes this about this story. She slowly, she slowly becomes a Sabo Scribo um, by eating this. And she, she publishes a whole bunch of novels, uh, which unfortunately the last one never gets released because yeah. it's stolen by Savoy. Yeah. Uh, that's by Savoy. And then the so one she can, writes to replace it is, I mean, is written exclusively for Tony. And so it's not exactly like a, it's not like a big revelation yeah. or anything. It doesn't like it doesn't like fix the story there. It's just so next up, and I actually thought about whether or not to include him, but I I felt he was important enough that I really like this character, uh, D Bear or Deshaun Bear. Uh, fucking uh, D Bear. He's a criminal, and he's actually the guy that John and uh, John Colby and uh, Tony are are watching when this, when the comic yeah. starts, he starts out running chicken, uh, for chicken speakeasies and stuff, but he's also an informant for the FDA. Yeah. And he's, been, and he's uh, sp- specifically been an informant for Savoy for a long time. Yeah. He eventually goes legit and he actually becomes an, an FDA yeah. agent and is teamed up with Tony and, uh, Cesare Valenazano and Colby various times. Um, after the FBA goes after the vampire, they, they, when they go after the vampire, a whole bunch of them are wiped out and they basically pull in literally anyone with any kind of connection there, I think. And that's also the point where you get the, uh, where the USDA gets a little bit of a surge in, in power. So, uh, D bear, doesn't have any powers, but he actually does become a fairly decent investigator. Yeah. Uh, by the end of the comic run, and and he like and he, and he does actually, and he's also one where he like he knows how all of the things work. Work. He like yeah. he knows how all the criminal been agencies, in- all, the, all the criminal agencies function, and he yeah. knows the. Me- the and he also knows how all the criminal networks function because he's a criminal. Yeah. So, um, he's I I actually really like. I really got to the point where I just like I love D Bear. He's so he's he's fun. Uh, next up. Pollo. El Pollo. Pollo is a killer chicken from Yamopala that is just a badass. Yeah. There there is never, 
there is never a legitimate reason why he's there such are a many, There are many. Th- there's there's a co- they, they, a couple of times they put like entire like side comics devoted just to explaining. There are three issues of the side. Yeah, comics. three issues of the side comic that is all just explaining why Poyo is just just ba- badass. And eventually, in the actual mainline plot, you learn what you yeah. actually learn why, and it is the simplest thing. In the world, which makes it all the cooler to me, he's just. Okay, I must really, have missed it because what? I never, I never, I never saw why why he he's was just so really angry. Oh. That's what. That's all. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. That, that's that's why. That's why they have to. Um, that's why they have to do the whole thing of like they have to like Tony has to eat him, in that whole yeah. bit there is because. Tony's going to like back off. He's going to, he's going to flinch. He's going to have, he's going to do that there. But with the, but with the like raw rage of Poyo boiling through him, he'll be able to, he'll be able to defeat the vampire. But it's like, yeah, but it's just, it it is, he is just really fucking angry. And that's the fact, like, you know, and there's all these, these jokes that aren't necessarily entirely jokes. Um, about, yeah. you know, like Poyo just beating ass and like, you know, fighting like Kaiju and all sorts of stuff where he's just running around, just like doing like he is like, uh, there's a, there's a point where he is dropped in a box where they make you, they make you think like for an entire, like almost like an entire issue, possibly more than one issue that within this box, there's like a bomb, like a nuke is somewhere in there. And you know, what's in that box? Poyo. That's it. And he is yeah. as efficient. Well, he's Eve's more efficient and as destructive as a nuke because he's just fucking Poyo and he is that goddamn angry. Yeah. Poyo's great. Yeah. Poyo's the best. I you have know, a I have, have a literal stuffed Poyo. I have a Yeah, have a Poyo I want I want to get one of those. It makes me happy. So bad. I need to get a I need to get yeah. one of the, the chogs. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be cool too. Next up, uh, Cesar Valenzano. Uh, he's uh, an FDA agent. He's initially in deep cover. He's been put in deep cover by Savoy, mm-hmm. um, tra- doing some investigation for this company. And I, I know I have the guy's name somewhere in this massive document, but I don't have it where I yeah. should. Um, he eventually does come back to the FDA after Tony and has a holy amopolithene. Uh, incident and and he's teamed up with uh, he's teamed up with a dude that just all he does is eat and then recite the ingredients of the yeah. shit that he eats. Um, he's like, ha! Well, and, you, and Applebee's like, the like, I don't need you anymore. I got my, I got a new food weirdo, and it's just like that's he just list. Yeah, it's just him listing ingredients that he tastes, which is yeah. not the same as fucking Sibopathy. No, in fact, in fact. That's all he does. Yeah. I mean, that's literally yeah. all he does. Well, I, I think anyway, there, there is one, I think there's a, a couple of times you see him like do minor, do like small, uh, 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 you know, officer or small, like, uh, agent. It's stuff. actually, it's actually after the, the raid on the collectors, vampire mm, collectors yeah. base. That makes sense. Cause something happens then that like fucks up his power and he becomes a little, a little bit more normal. Um, yeah. But it's never explored. Yeah, but, there, uh, but there's also a bit in the in those those last two that you lent me where 
sea bear starts to eat the like sea bear just kind of has some kind of breakdown starts eating the cheese puffs and listing the ingredients and he just and the the the, and the guy just like pops up going like <gasps> it's it's yeah. like well sea bear's reading reading the ingredients off of the, the off of the the okay. nutrition thing cuz i'm i'm like i I I believe you're right, but I am going to since I since I literally have the comics right here, I am going to check check on that point because I just need to see if I if I missed it. I was reading it, or if there was, yeah. But uh, while you're doing while you're looking, uh, so Caesar he he does come back to the FDA. Uh, he event he still works with Savoy. He's still pretty loyal to Savoy, and he helps recruit. Uh, Olive Chu, Tony's daughter, to to Savoy's thing um, during the raid against the Vampire Collector, uh, and we and we keep throwing this name out, and we haven't talked about him yet. He's maimed and he loses an arm, uh, which is replaced with a lobster claw, a robotic lobster claw, which is just pretty badass. Yeah. Okay, it is uh, fr- from the from the picture. From the picture in here, it is legitimately unclear because D Bear is holding the bag the way the other dude does. Uh-huh. Um, but it could be folded. It could be folded forward slightly so he can read it. But you also can't see. Like, you can't see where his eyes are. You can't. Uh, like it's. Yeah. It's one of those. So like, it's it's either of our interpretations equal are equally are equally valid because there's no way to there's no way to confirm either yeah. one. And seeing that and, and the reason I got the impression I did is because D Bear had never shown or never had any powers mentioned. And so my assumption was that he yeah. was just reading the label. <clears throat> yeah, my, my, the and my my assumption wasn't necessarily that it was that it was the the powers that you like getting the powers or anything. But then he had it, and then he just started. Then he just sort of like zoned out and started to, because the the one guy who I I don't know if they make it clear if he has any powers, frankly, because um, they because they are usually really good at specifying when somebody well, has it, abilities. It says I think it does hint that it, he does have abilities, or it does. Yeah, I, say I, I know. Well, well, my 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 point is is that this is not a comic that hints about that. If well, somebody th- no, has powers, I, 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 they make it really fucking clear. I, I think it. I think he does have powers, because it, it, I think it basically states that he has powers. It just never names what the powers is because they're com- completely functionless. Because Peter Peter Palaf, who we're not going to really talk about, has powers, but it's but it explicitly states that his powers are unknown. And the other guys, well, powers his, are essentially his, useless, the, like but. I think it, the the, un, the unknown, the Peter Palaf, they 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 do specify that each time that he dies, his power his powers come back in a new form, more powerful. Yeah, but so it, it's yeah. But anyway, I digress. We should move on. Um, Chow Chu, Chow Chow Chu's uh, Tony's older brother who was, is a celebrity chef. He hates the chicken man and is convinced that there's a massive conspiracy behind it. And he's, he's absolutely right. That's what Savoy's initially investigating. He detests Tony because Tony is a cop and so straight laced and bound by the rules. Um, he doesn't have any stated, stated powers. Uh, and this is, this is going back to what you said. There are hints that he might have something related to cooking chicken, 
but it's never explicitly stated. So yeah, well, and I, and I think, and and at least for for my money, him, um, j- just like the idea that he's just a really good and incredibly arrogant uh, uh, chef, uh, yeah. I think works the best in that regard. Yeah. Though there is something to be said about uh, him being able to cook pollo after pollo has been sitting in a garbage can yeah. uh, for a week. Yeah. Um, and making it palatable enough that Tony could eat the entire bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, but anyway, I digress. Uh, Chow's important to the plot and, and mostly because he's another chew and he ends up cooking pollo for Tony. Uh Tony Chu, which is actually Tony's twin sister, Antonelle, is a Sibovoyant. She can see the future of any living thing that she eats. She's an astro- she's an astronomer and a scientist. She's she works at NASA, and she initially working at there's three telescopes that are all pointed to this planet called uh, Attila Seven Three Eight. She's working at one of these telescopes, and those telescopes have this massive funding, like thirty times over budget or twenty times over budget uh, than what they actually need. So basically all of the scientists end up just partying the entire time because they have all this extra money to spend. Mm -hmm. The one that she worked at was in the Amazon rainforest. And uh, she basically, them and her fellow scientists basically just uh, spend all their time consuming uh, hallucinogenic frogs and fucking each other. Because let's be honest, you have all your needs taken care of because you're a scientist working in a giant telescope and can you spend your money doing whatever? That's probably what you'd do. Yeah. Uh, well, particularly when it's like, what... particularly when they, they, they just keep looking at it and going, fuck, we don't changed. know. Like shit. What the hell do you yeah. want from us? <laughs> yeah. Infinite money the planet, and impossible task. Yeah. The planet Antilla 738 has this strange skywriting that appears over it. And eventually it blows up. It happens a couple of times and eventually it blows up. And then the earth has this sky riding that appears over it. And it lasts for months and months. I get the impression it's like six months or, or almost a year, the sky riding, mm-hmm. the first set of sky ridings over the world. Yeah. And uh, once that sky riding comes over it, the government shifts its budget from the FDA to NASA. And so it becomes more powerful than the FDA and Tony becomes a special agent more than she is a scientist. Um, because of her power, she's kidnapped by the vampire collector who wants her ability. He he he's he's going around eating people with food based powers. She foils him by consuming beets for days. And as John yeah. pointed out earlier, yeah, it's it, uh, it, it's it's all under the guise of uh, preparing for her wedding to yeah to the the. Her, her supervisor, <laughs> Sharma. Yeah, Dharma um, uh, or Paneer, I think maybe Paneer Sharma. Paneer yeah. Sharma. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. who is who is uh, like so obviously like stupid in love with her from like the moment you first see the moment you first he's first introduced. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's the, the but. She, but she bites, she bites Paneer. She bites him once and he's like, freaks out and like, why the fuck would you do that? And then he's still like kind of in love. He's still in love with her. Yeah. And so, uh, they end up back together and she bites him. She, she's like, I need to bite you to see how things are going to turn out. And he's like, okay. And she bites him 
when she bites him, she, that's when she realizes that she's going to die. Well, and she sees him mourning the, her grave. The, the, yeah, the the way the way they they do it, like visually, is pretty sweet because they have her like she's facing him, and she has the and she has this like bright smile and is is telling him you know how great everything's going to be, and then he moves into a hug so that so that he can't see her face anymore, and she has this look of utter horror at what's going to happen like at like at one what's going to happen to everybody there but also what the vampire is going to do to her yeah and so uh she's kidnapped by the vampire um and slowly consumed by him and like dismembered by him and because she ate beets for like weeks he can't absorb her power uh she foils him by with consuming with beets um eventually he the the she kind of taunts him and and eventually he just snaps her neck and kills her when he realizes that what she's done basically yeah made it so that um, she can't so that he will never be able to uh get her her abilities and then Olive Chu is the teen daughter mm. uh of Tony's who's raised by his sister Rosemary it was from like Olive his is first, also his, it was like his his first girlfriend who slash wife. Was, yeah, his first wife who just like completely lost it. She had a if I remember correctly, she had a brain tumor. Yeah. She, she had, had, she had a brain tumor, but she went she went like like that wasn't revealed until after she'd like completely destroyed her and Tony's life. Um yeah. with like just complete complete problems. But Olive is also a sebopath and as John put it and the one note that he, he put in this episode script well, she it was a big what, script, and I and I'm like, I know. I'll just I'll just interject like I normally do. Yeah, and and it, and it worked. It worked well. Yeah. And what what is she? What is she, John? Uh, She's she a sebopath. The most powerful sebopath of all of them. She's the most powerful sebopath on the planet. She's stronger yeah. than the vampire. She's stronger than Tony. She's stronger than um, Savoy. Uh, Savoy, and she and unlike Tony, she was actually willing to take some of Savoy's training. So she yeah. has she has a greater understanding of how to use her sebopathic abilities than yeah. her father does. Like like Tony is still an incredibly powerful sebopath, but she is like like but like we don't know what her limiting food is because she's yeah. strong enough she can just ignore it. She can also Not just ignore she can also she can just also- turn her power off whenever she wants. Yeah, that's that's how strong she is. Yeah, she can turn her power um, off. She can turn off her her weakness. Her weakness there, um, you know, like was it? Uh, there's a there's a, a line that uh, Savoy says where it's like, you know, what would take me? What would take you a drop of blood? Would take me, uh, uh, take me a, a bite. Would would take you a bite? Would take me an entire arm? What would take you? Uh, would take you like an arm? I would have to eat the entire body for. And that's just talking to Chew. And then with yeah. and then with Olive and then with Olive, like there are a bit. Where she, there there are things where she has gained like full on like and in some ways enhanced versions of these powerful of these pretty powerful abilities she's the one who gains the the shaping the chocolate she can turn tortillas into throwing stars yeah um, i don't i don't put that in, in there i mean it's cool but yeah. at the same time but no like, but, yeah. well, but 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 and eventually and eventually once you see like in in like there's there's some bits that you see her in the future like 
she's a, like she's able to the point where those like tortilla throwing stars are made of metal. They're not they're not just sharp tortillas or anything there. Like the it's literally legitimate metal that she's transformed them into. Yeah. Like and and she so, yeah, and, and she, but she can do that just by with like a, like a teeny little nibble. She can gain an entire yeah, an entire they, ability. She's she's able to get it with just from them mixing some some of the blood, just some blood yeah. of the into to like milkshakes and stuff like that mm-hmm. um yeah which you actually see caesar like some of the some of the people they take down or get killed that are powerful they actually see caesar like gathering up blood and stuff for them or letting that savoy know that hey we just got this guy yeah. and colby actually figures it out um but olive is recruited by savoy one to be trained but also to help him investigate the chicken and mm-hmm. ban and the bird flu and what's going on and it's sort of once Antonelle gets killed by the collector, mm. she refocuses on taking out the, the vampire yeah. and collector, and which we've been hit. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say, and and but uh one of the things with with Olive, and it's the is that Olive at particularly at that point, she is incredibly powerful, but she's not ready. No. And which yeah. Brings us to the vampire collector. The vampire collector is a Serbian Sibopath who uses the myth of the vampire. And this is why we call it the vampire collector. Yeah. Uses the myth of the vampire to inspire fear in people. He's created a network of spies to help him locate and find other people with food powers. Uh, so he can kid- kidnap them and eat them in order to absorb their powers. Um, and he has a, Mason he has and a, Tony like f- a hella sweet, like a, just a, like a terrifying group of powers. Um, yeah, and like g- given given a little bit of a uh, little bit of um, sorry, I'm looking for uh, foresh- foreshadowing. No. For foreshadowing. For, no, not not, for, not foreshadowing. Like like him him knowing beforehand. For, yeah, a little bit of foreknowledge. Yeah, would give, yeah, given the vampire a little bit of foreknowledge, and he's basically he's basically on he's basically unstoppable like he is a he's like yeah. an utterly terrifying terrifying um combatant which is why tony who would not be strong enough otherwise has to eat pollo has to eat pollo yeah so mason and tony first encounter his spies when they go to the telescope up in the arctic um to investigate this death of senator hamatashin yeah Tony first encounters him in Yamapala and where he's going, where the vampire's there to get the chef Fantineros. And that brings us to the story arcs. So there's three major story arcs. There's the, uh, the vampire collector Mm -hmm. going around and collecting things. I mean, he's becomes a foil. There is the bird flu, uh, and the, the chicken ban. Yeah. And then there's the Galsberry fruit, uh, being on Yamapala and they all come together or at the end. And I'm going to go over them each real quick. The bird flu, uh, it raged through the world, killing 116 million people, over 20 million in the U S the government's banned chicken and poultry, which has created a massive black market. And it become, causes the FDA to become the most powerful law enforcement agency in the country with the USDA just behind them. There's a lot of people that are convinced that the conspiracy, there's more to conspiracy and there's something that the government's done that, that, uh, is inexplicable, like why this happened. Mason Savoy's wife actually dies from the flu, which crushes him. And uh, he, uh, there's a company called Montanero, 
And after he eats some of us of one of their thugs, uh, he figures out that Montanero, this company Montanero and the businessman, that's the businessman I was trying to remember earlier mm, that yeah, yeah. Uh, Caesar's working for uh, at deep cover for. But once he eats some of this guy from that works for Montanero, he real he figures out that there there is this conspiracy of the bird flu, and he so it leads him to uh, start investigating it, in which eventually leads him to go rogue uh, to figure out what's going on with these three telescopes, uh, why there's these food based powers in the, in the collector. That conspiracy also drives uh, some terrorist organizations. The main one which is AG, which is E.G.G, uh, to acts of terrorism yeah. and uh, assassination. And they keep popping up. And they're, they're, and they're almost all, yeah, and they're, all they're, of their they're shit's tied to, Was it the, the Church of the Immaculate Ova? They are eventually, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, not initially, because it doesn't exist when you're first introduced to them. Yeah. yeah. Um, then there's like a vampire uh, collector conspiracy. And... As I mentioned, he's a Serbian sevopath. Him going after these food-based powers, and I don't—I never saw what exactly. It just seemed like he just wanted to be like ruler of the world or something like that. I think he just—he just—he just 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 kind of wanted the—he wanted the the power. He just wanted the power. Yeah, he just want—he just Um, wants the power because well because well there's a little bit because when. Like like right before Tony's about to do the killing blow, and he's just like and and basically the the vampire's mocking him because it's like the like of like you're going to eat me, and then I'm going to and then basically I'm going to live for and then I'm going to live forever in, in you like in you and and then yeah. the sebo path that eats you and then, you know like did the whole thing and like there, and then. Tony, who is you know just kicked the shit out of him using uh, Poyo's anger, um, just walks off, just leaves him to just leaves him to die, and then the guy like yeah. freaks out. So I think it was it was something like the like uh, he it I, I don't remember if it was explicitly said, but it, it always it came off to me that that was that had he had got it into his head that this was his purpose. His purpose was to gather these to gain, like to gain, to gain the power, and then eventually have that that kind of combatant, like the like the like. And now, like, yeah. you, it's more like the I I need you to defeat me, like the, and then you're going to defeat me, and I'm going to like live as a fucking legend, because you know you're you're going to go on and do amazing things with these powers I've gathered. Yeah. But so it's like I don't yeah. think he had a he had a specific goal. He had like a philosophical stance that he was. Yeah. Support him. Him going after people eventually leads to a lot of the food piece people going and hiding with the the cult, uh, the divinity of the immaculate Ova, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, He does eventually kidnap Antonel, uh, Tony's twin sister, and tries to eat her. Which him killing her is what leads Olive to go along with Savoy. Yeah, Uh, and it also leads Colby to share the fact that he's been working with Savoy and Caesar's been working with Savoy brings this information to Appleby and them, them to like basically make a strike team to go after the collector, which completely decimates the FDA kills a whole bunch of people, maims Caesar and, and Appleby basically makes Savoy more of an en- enemy of, of Tony than before. And it, 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 like you said, it also, it makes it so, uh, 
Tony has to eat pollo, which is revealed to him. So Antonelle leaves her, her toe for Tony to eat. It, there's a whole big thing. There's not enough of it. They end up having to eat some gallsberry fruit to help amplify what's there. But she eventually re- reveals to Tony that he has to eat pollo, which, fun fact, John Colby also realizes. Beforehand, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, beforehand. Like, Tony knows before John does, but to- John, but Tony doesn't reveal it to anyone. And John's actually the person who kills yeah, Poyo. And, it, and it's 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 one of those where like the way the way Poyo dies comes off yeah. as very like anticlimactic. But I think yeah. there's actually the 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 one the one of the 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 Poyo in hell, the last one, the last one of those, the one that you know said you were that yeah. you were kind of lukewarm on. Um I think that and I think that's fair. It it like one thing that, that one does that actually it's not canon in what happens, but would it does explain the emotionality. John Colby was a, is able to kill Poyo because yeah. Poyo trusted John Colby. Yeah. Like impl- like Poyo implicitly trusted John Colby. And so that's why he's able to just snap his neck. Yeah. And John, regrets it like he hates that he had to do yeah. it but he realizes it's the only way that tony can fight the you know collector. it kind of it kind of gives some uh some uh a, a weight to his last his how how he ends up in the in yeah. the comic which we'll yeah i know we'll, yeah, yeah no, don't yeah, spoil I'm not, I'm don't spoil it before the end of the podcast where we spoil, don't the spoil fuck it out before it. we spoil it yeah. um <laughs> but yeah he he does end up uh he does end up, Tony does end up fighting the collector after he eats pollo and Chow cooks pollo and then just leaves him to rot. Um, then the next one, the, the alien plant conspiracy. Uh, so there's this plant called the Galsberry, which looks a lot like the eggs from the alien movie. Um, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Like, like if, yeah. if, if that's a pineapple and one of those, uh, those rotten flesh, flowers with yeah. the, with the weird little tentacle things. If they all sort of like were thrown in a blender. Yeah. I think that that's what, that's what a Galsberry would look like. Yeah. And as I said before, uh, Galsberry is wildly grown and it'd become a cash crop there because when cooked, it tastes, it tastes like, like chicken. It tastes like chicken. Yep. Uh, fun fact, there's a huge rebellion though, and they kill most of them off during that rebellion. Not all of them, there's some of them that make it off the island. Yeah. Uh which is important because one of the on one of the boats uh there's this woman um who we sh- we kind of probably should have talked about where is Alania Dobo. So she's she's working on the island. Uh she ends up being in a whole bunch of them creating the the uh Church of the Immaculate Oba. Yeah. Um when the sky riding shows up. So some of the plants get off the island. Amelia Mintz takes one and is able to plant it in her her uh, flower box and in her apartment. After making the discovery, the skywriting appears over the, the planet. And like I said earlier, it, it lasts for like six months, a year. Mm-hmm. The time is a little bit ambiguous. Yeah. But it does last months. It's, it is very much months that it lasts. It's the same kind of writing that appeared over the planet of Antilla 738 that NASA was pointing those telescopes to. Um, it eventually disappears, and 
some years go by, things kind of get to the, back to normal to a point. The during that time, the skywriting is up. the The ban on chicken is sort of not not laxed, but it's uh, it's sort of uh, generally ignored. not as enforced. Yeah, I'd say it's just sort uh, of ignored. Like it's not. I would even say unenforced. It's just nobody kind of gives a shit. Yeah. Once the skywriting disappears after after some time, it kind of goes back to normal. It's not as as forced as strictly anymore, but it's Amelia starts consuming the plant and having these vivid waking dreams about a detective on an alien planet, which is what she uses for her uh, series of novels that she she begins writing. That Savoy ends up stealing the last manuscript of, and all th- and and the the two. Well, even 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 all three plot lines sub arcs are sort of related, because the powers are there, are related in the vampire collecting them. Um, so over the course of this Savoy's investigation, uh, you discover there's a small cabal of people that uh, once the planet Antilla seven three eight has been discovered, they figure out that the sky riding over the planet is a warning to that planet to let citizens know to stop eating chicken. They develop a conspiracy to create the uh, bird flu uh, using the SIBO Passim to broadcast this idea of it and killing people so they can ban chicken. Now, it doesn't explore a lot of what the other rest of the world is doing other than Yamapala, but the U.S. government seems to be the one that has, is most aggressive about banning yeah. chicken. The uh, people with powers that eat the Galsberry fruit, specifically SIBO pass, they can re- they realize that it's from from this planet Antilles seven three eight. This leads to Alani Adobo, who I mentioned above, who was from Yamampala and escapes on a boat during the uprising there, to eat a whole bunch of this fruit. And while she's on the boat, the skywriting appears, and as she's eating it, she basically figures out what the skywriting is, which is a warning to the planet saying, hey, stop eating chicken or we're going to destroy your planet, yeah. which leads her to create it, well, the church. Of- I think there's, there's, there's this whole thing about the difference between destruction and judgment. It's like they're not just yeah. going to be destroyed. Like they will be judged. And, and sh- sh- this leads her to create the Church of the Immaculate Ova. Uh, who have one message. And what is that message, John? What is the single message from the church? Chicken is doom. Yes. There's also like, um, a, like there's this whole thing about it having two possible translations. One is chicken is doom and the other is, oh, we are coming. It's we are coming. Yeah, it's we are co- like chicken is like the two interpretations are we are coming and chicken is death. Yeah. Because of they end up setting up their headquarters on back on Yamampala, and because of the collector's aggressive uh, pursuit of people with food powers, a lot of them flee to Yamampala uh, to basically hide out from him. But they also end up becoming members of the cult. Savoy figures out through his course of his investigations that there was this group of people who figured out what happened to Antala Seven Three Eight, which is why they engineered the bird flu. He also figures out that the aliens that created the skywriting over Antilles 738 also sent the message to our planet and that Amelia herself is having um, visions of, of Antilles 738, which is what her novels have been about. 
and that she may have figured out the solution to Earth's predicament in the last transcript, which he takes and just reads, absorbs, and destroys. He reveals all of this to Tony. Tony refuses to work with him. Yeah. And then Tony, and then Savoy eats a whole bunch of Galsberry with beet juice in it and then kills himself and has Tony eat him. Um, because because he knows that if Tony tries, it'll be uncomfortable. But if he tries, he can get over the fact that there's the the beat stuff. And also with the beats there, he w- like Tony won't be able to sort of like skip over any of the yeah any of the stuff that Savoy needs to say. And the Galsbury allows Savoy to talk directly to Tony. So uh, the, another thing that Tony uh, Savoy sorry Savoy reveals to Tony is that food-based powers exist to allow them to curtail the Earth's destruction. Yeah. Uh, um, after he reveals that they, these aliens are originally from Earth millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of years ago. And he, he shows to Tony that he needs two powers to stop the aliens from destroying the Earth. The first is the Sibopassum, which is the broadcasting. And the other is a Sabo Conscribo, uh, an enhanced version of that, which is the ability to weave food into fiction or flavors into fiction. Uh, Savoy consumes the Sibopassum uh, guy after basically sending Tony on this excursion to yeah. uh, Yamopala. I, I, actually, after, after, I actually love how that plays out because Savoy's like, you're going to like you're going to absorb this power. You're like this is what's going to happen. You're going to absorb this power. You have to do it. You have to do it. Like you have to do it. There is no other choice. And then Tony being his complete oppositional defiance, fuck you, uh goes there yeah. to try and save the guy and he's already been eaten. And so Savoy's like, yeah, you're going to de- absorb his powers. Because you already have. Yeah. Like you yeah. got those when you yeah. ate me. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Yeah. So good. It's it's great. Um, the other ability is the Sabo Scribo, Sabo Conscribo, which is what Amelia has. Yeah. And basically Savoy tells Tony, you have to eat Amelia. Um and uh, Tony doesn't like that. Time jumps forward again a few years, a couple years. Um, by this time, Olive is working uh, as a FDA agent or starting as like yeah, a she's she's either a junior, junior agent, agent or an agent in training. She's working in the uh, her partner. Her, her, her par- partner. Her partner is basically just like somebody she got stuck with initially in this on this job here, who. Apparently has an actual ability. She does. It, it's yeah. actually named. Yeah, it's actually a, a named ability where as long as she eats something psychedelic, she's like physically indestructible. <laughs> yeah, it's like literally she has to be stoned as stoned stone as, as fuck, and it has to be something that it has to be stoned because of something that she's like eaten. Uh, yeah. eaten or related to related along those there and th- the way they handle it is actually really great as a little like kind of this little montage there because it's they start off with all of being like 
I am not, I am, I am not working with her. She is not my partner. I am never working. I am never working, never working with her. And then they do a montage yeah. of them over like the next 20 years, like being this like kind of badass team together with the combination of, um, all of his abilities and her abilities. Like, yeah, it was, it, it's a, it's a great little moment of levity in, Something that kind of needs it at this point. At this point, because it's starting yeah. to get yeah, yeah. Like the, the, the I think the turn, the big turnaround is when it starts to get dark. Dark is when you get the the image of um, uh, Amelia dead in Tony's arms uh, after. Savoy reveals that Tony will have to eat Amelia. Time jumps forward a few years. The skywriting is back, and Tony knows that, that this skywriting is only a 24-hour warning. Um, and he's endeavors to uh to basically he knows it's like the Earth's last day, so he wants to focus all of his attention on Amelia um and have fun together. But he ends up getting called into work and doing a bunch of bullshit. And uh, eventually he basically says, you know, Savoy tells told me I have to eat you. And she's like, well, okay. And he's like, I'm not going to do that. And then he explains to her what, what happens, what the reason why is so he can use her ability to like broadcast this thing to uh, kill all the chicken eaters. And that's, yeah. Well, and that she is, um, and also that she's not ready. Like her, her. Yeah, she's not ready. Um, but one, but one thing that happens is she basically sits down. She's like, "Well, you didn't, you never talked to me about it, Tony." Um, and after he goes to sleep, she sits down and she does it. She like basically forces mm-hmm. that ability, writes the piece of fiction that will kill all of the people who've had chicken in their system. And dies. Shortly after that, Tony's holding her. The last time you get this image of him holding her dead body, Colby shows up and basically takes Tony out to like capture this dude who's been frying and eating people. There's no powers. He's just a cannibal. Like, <laughs> which is, I think, the first time you see that. Yeah. Like, just a legitimate, like, psychopathic cannibal yeah, who's like not free, doing it because. Like a free TA or something. It's like, he's somebody who fries foods. Like, okay, well, what's his power? Like, no power. He just fries. He's a cannibal. He's just a cannibal that fries people. Tony, uh, Colby convinces Tony to do it. He's basically like, you got to do this, dude. Uh, it's the only way to save the world. And because writing it killed Amelia, after Tony reads it, basically millions of people all over the world die because they've just eaten chicken, including Do- Colby and D-Bear. It actually shows D-Bear dying as well. Yeah. Um. I I just checked the the time the timeline there and mm-hmm. when they go to when they go to grab the 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 guy like to save the guy from Savoy the the broadcaster yeah. Yeah. um tony says clearly that the end of the world is wednesday so there's it's not a there's there's no big amount of there's no big amount of time at all between those two things like it's it stays which is why which is why she doesn't have time Cause he's saying like it would take days, weeks, months in order to get the, in order to get her to have the ability, the, the ability mm-hmm. safely. And why, when she just like reaches down deep and like yanks it up, 
which is what kills her. Yeah. Yeah, but the timeline is actually really tight, which is why which is why uh hmm. they, I didn't that's not the impression I get. I mean, I believe you just read it, but I just I now I did not get that impression. Yeah, no, I I I got uh, that they were I mean, I got the, that they were on a very tight timetable. Like from the very beginning there. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, everybody in, with chicken in their system dies and the, the skywriting disappears. Mm-hmm. Um, now we jump ahead several decades. Yes. Tony's clearly in his 70s or 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is Appleby and, and Cesar. Um, the world's come this crazy base. There's even more food-based powers. There's food technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, the aliens that initially sent the skywriting have started sharing their technology and, and there's been some dialogue between them, their, their world and ours. They're headed to Earth for their first visit. And Tony, Appleby, and Cesar, as well as Sharma and a few others, and the president, who's the food dude, um, are all in attendance at Area 51 to meet the aliens. Olive and Chow are back home. Olive is a secret agent. Olive and Chow are back home. And they realize that Tony took the chocolate dagger that Olive carved for him to kill the collector with. And when the aliens land and the lead alien gets off the ship, Tony pushes past everybody and stabs him in in the heart. That is how the comic ends. Which is, yeah. And and the one that he had been planning since before the comic existed. Like that, that, that image, that image, that moment was, was the, that was the seed from which the entire comic grew yeah and so yeah we're not gonna go into final thoughts uh talk about themes a little bit obviously john you want to i want you to go over what the revelation that you had while reading this uh about the nature of the story itself one of the things that i that i realized looking looking through it is you know i expected a comic like kind of a, a comic story or you know like a quirky quirky comic story moving forward, you know, that you'd get, you'd get a, you would get some kind of complicated happy ending is what is. Yeah. I I expected the same thing. That's that's, that's basically what we expected there. But the problem that occurred for both of us, and I think a lot, and I would imagine a lot of people that read, that read this comic is they didn't realize the kind of story that they were actually reading. Yeah. John John Lehman was not telling what people thought he was yeah, telling. This story is a Grecian tragedy. Like from yeah. the very like from the very onset. Like even like the fact Tony chews like complete adherence to the law to the hey, point of psychosis. Hey, will you go for for real briefly explain what a Grecian tragedy okay. is? Okay. Uh, a Grecian a Grecian tragedy power. like there's in in your Greek story structures, in your old ones, they're like most things boil down to either comedy or tra- comedy or tragedy. There are a few things that are always always the case there, like comedies end in chaos or begin in chaos and end in order, and tragedies begin in order and end in cha- and end in chaos. Uh, examples of mm-hmm. uh, uh, tragedies you like the, the the people might know. We're going real highbrow right now, which is which is weird after seeing a chicken man stabs to death, but um, go like, uh, you know, any of your, any of your story, like uh, your, your Oedipus Rex, your, um, 
Macbeth. Macbeth. Macbeth is a prime. Macbeth is a prime example of a of, of a tragedy there, where at the beginning everything is kind of. It's kind of it's either good or at least it's like structured. It's gonna be like everything's okay. It's gonna be nice there, and then as yeah. things move forward, they start to break apart. It's the opposite mm-hmm. of that comedic, where comedic like starts completely crazy, like everything's nuts, but by the end, there's sort of back. There's just a new equilibrium, like a new. A new setup, and that's that's kind of the the core difference between those, which I bring up because those two are so innate, intrinsically tied that you you yeah. can't really talk about one without talking about the other. Um, and so, but what, there are a few things about a tragedy that are that are unique. One thing that always shows up is that a the hero of a tragic piece has a tragic flaw that there is some aspect of himself that he cannot change that is the source of many if not all of his of his problems and yes and and in time can destroy his ultimate like his his ultimate goals yeah i mean and in tony's case it's his adherence to the rules his adherence to the rules and then his like complete obstinate about doing it like because he is he is like he's in your face about i'm following the fucking rules yeah shut the fuck up there you go fuck off um like it is a it's it's a psychotic it's almost it's a near psychotic need for him for him to do that and that's what makes his thing his his whole deal a tragic flaw and the other thing that happens that happens with tragedies is a lot of characters, a lot, and a lot of characters that are very important both to the hero and to the audience die. That they yeah. die, be, and and usually it's because either either they are either they you know like they refute like their tragic flaw leads them to do it. Or they are being punished by the gods for some for something that they've that they've done there, and you know mm-hmm. if you listen through what I just said there, there's a lot of this that applies directly to Tony, like to Tony, Emil- yeah. like the fact that Tony refused, adamantly refused to work with Savoy in any in any way, even in the end, even towards the end is proof of that yeah. tragic flaw because you can kind of you sort of see particularly as as uh, as Savoy re- reveals more things that it would not have been as bad it wouldn't like there, there might have been ways there might have been ways to get around it there might have been ways to work with it like mm-hmm. uh, Amelia may not have had to die if they'd had not if they'd had his knowledge his knowledge in full or at least well, not, not even just that. Uh, it's entirely possible had he started working with Savoy or continued to work with Savoy, his twin sister Antonelle would have died. Yeah, there's there's a lot like Antonelle probably would have, Antonelle would have survived. Um, like like Savoy would still have been in the FDA had those resources not had to be scavenged. He wouldn't have bitten off. He wouldn't have to bite off Tony's ear. He wouldn't have mm-hmm. to have secretly corrupted um, Olive. I mean, all of the problems that to all of the problems that Tony has are either 
of his own creation or extensions of his mistakes and, and who he is as a person. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing is, is this, this uh, ending sort of the, the culmination of him kind of realizing that. Yeah. And more to the point, uh, him getting revenge. On yeah. The, I mean, and, and you know, you, you can't, you can't really blame him because not only was he, no, for, no, no, not no. only was he forced to, Watch his the only person like one of one of like three people that he loved die, um, mm-hmm. but also um, he he's forced oh, to kill like a huge chunk yeah of yeah the no world. he's forced to to kill millions of people because these mother because these fucking alien bastards would kill everyone everyone over it because of because of the 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 the, the chicken thing. Yeah, like you know, and and, the, and a lot of those are thing are things that like that seems like a conversation like from from like perspective of me thinking about these aliens that seems like a discussion that you ought to have in person, not through like a not through fucking giant skywriting and then blowing like vague statements and then blowing people the fuck up. Like this seems a little one thing that I I ponder. Mm-hmm. Is one how many planets out there have some form of chicken on them? Yeah, that people, the aliens on those planets started eating. And how many planets did these aliens have? These aliens blown up? Yeah, we know of one until is seven three eight. But how many other planets? Well, have I, they blown I think up? that there, there's there's something at one point they said that there there was like three or four that they saw or they think they saw on the with the with the yeah. with the writing. But there's but that not but that's. Um, that was not yeah. the case there, and there, in a lot of the a lot of the the NASA stuff, they weren't actually watching there at the moment because, well, they're busy fucking each other, and uh, and and drinking and partying, yeah, and spending Which more money than said, God I, on the ultimate if, parties because if, if I I I don't blame them. I mean, I, well, I, it, I the it's like, the, like okay, the, you've the been position. given an impossible goal, a literally impossible goal. And more money, and than, more money than, than God. Like there just comes. It's like, the, well, what the fuck? What the fuck do you want us to do? Like, yeah. Like we're just gonna, I, we're I, just gonna I, hang I out. We're just gonna part. We're just gonna party. Yeah, I mean, it would it would have a different, a different, slightly different form. Yeah. Like I'm sure there'd be board games and, and tabletop RPGs involved, but still lots of hallucinogens and, and sex. Mm-hmm. So, one other thing about uh, beyond the Greek tragedy, obviously vengeance. Uh, there at the very end, vengeance is one of those things. Actually, vengeance is, is kind of a, a, a predominant theme throughout because you you have uh, Olive wanting to get revenge against the collector, yeah. Uh, Tony wanting to get revenge against the collector. Well, to, like um, a, a lot of it is, is Tony wanting to get revenge against uh, Savoy, like in that, and Savoy, and, I mean, I, I and Savoy say, wanting to get revenge against the U.S. government for c- creating the bird flu. Yeah. Uh, I mean, vengeance which, is which, which is, is which is it, which is another thing like vengeance and how and how it leads towards destruction is another one of those things yeah. that shows up in those whole Grecian tragedy things. Like this is yeah, this is a like I could like you could get in your professor's like in your English or your theater professor's face and say like no 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 okay I'm gonna read this comic I'm gonna read this bunch of comics and I'm gonna write my pa- I'm gonna write my dissertation or my paper on how this is a perfect Greek tragedy and you're gonna let me it do it, it. <laughs> yeah 
the the last big thing, like most obvious thing, because uh, like I say, we never go super deep, yeah. is utilitarianism. The the idea that the moral outcome should benefit the the majority of the group and not the and it's and it's very much like comes to play at the very end yeah. when basically Tony kills a huge chunk of the planet mm. to save the rest of humanity. Yeah, uh, I don't want to dive deep into it. Utilitarianism is such a large. I do, I do however, love like the idea. We don't like we don't like to go deeper here, but utilitarianism. <laughs> <laughs> utilitarianism, basically the, the, the summing up Spock's. You know the the. Yeah. The good of the many ben- uh, outweigh the the uh, benefits for the few. Yeah. And Colby actually, and both Colby and Amelia kind of push this, and they both die because of it, because Amelia basically reaches deep inside her mm-hmm. and, and brings out this power and it kills her. And then Colby convinces Tony to do this, even though he knows that when Tony does it, he's going to die because he had chicken and waffles that morning for breakfast. Yeah. Um, well, and even and even so, uh, even uh, and 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 Antonella, yeah, Antonella, Antonelle, Antonelle, like even her, like like she goes out of her way to to create a situation where she's going to be useless to the useless to the collector because that's yeah. the only because that is one of the only ways that they're going to get through to Tony so that he can actually so he can actually stop him, like. Yeah. Everybody, like I mean, like everybody, with the exception of like fucking Appleby, is is like has some hardcore utilitarian uh, stances. Um, yeah, but first off, uh, what's next for Chew? Uh, John Layman has released a second series, at least two arcs of a second series called Chew, which is spelled C H U, which follows an unbeforeseen sister Saffron, who is a twin to one of Tony's other sisters that we didn't mention named Sage. Uh, she's a criminal. She's a, she li- she's part of a CD underworld of, of criminals and crooks and thieves. The story focuses on her. She's a central character and it's set back when Tony is a cop before he joins the FDA. He does this comic with an artist, Dan Boltwood, who has a style that is a little more Saturday morning cartoonish. Um, but it's still kind of reminiscent of Rob Gulroy's art style. Um, so it's not jarring to see it. Um, there, like I said, there's two arcs. There's two five-issue arcs. They're both collected in trades. And at the moment, it appears to be on kind of a, a permanent hiatus. Um, John Layman's also said he wants to do a Chew 2 that follows Olive and her partner. But he wants Rob Gilroy to be uh, available to do that. And right now, Rob Gilroy's tied up with the comic called Farmhand. And uh, I don't know much about it. I haven't actually looked into it. But that, So he's working on that. There are, or there were, at one point, there were two separate, separate TV series, as well as a movie, supposed to be adapted yeah, for this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still angry and bitter about the, uh, the, the, the one of them. Yeah, the one was going to be awesome. It was going to be animated. It had uh, uh, Felicia Day yeah. cast as Amelia Mintz. They and, had uh, David Tennant as Savoy. Like David Tennant as Savoy. Like, yeah, it, oh, it had a lot God, of potential. Both been... of those are, are pretty much dead, unfortunately. Yeah, no, they're, they're um, dead. Maybe, maybe someday with the success of The Boys, uh, The Umbrella Academy, and a few of those. I mean, I mean possible. Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, these studios, 
in the streaming services or going pretty far out to, to tap into stuff. Like I would have never ex- expected either the Umbrella Academy or the boys to be, to be uh, adapted. Like neither of those. Yeah. Well, um, I think, I think ultimately one of the, one of the struggles that you're always going to have with Chew is mm-hmm. it's gross. Like there, like it's pretty, yeah, there, there are a lot of uh, points and times in Chew that it is just flat out gross. Yeah. Well, the same can be said with the boys. And I know I say that with the, with the adaptation you got, but there's a lot of stuff in the comic that they just can't do. Also, finally, uh, there has been some games made from Chew. One is a, a card game, which I think you have the card game, don't you, John? Um, I don't think I do. Oh, I thought you picked it up. I think I was going to, and then, you know, like they wanted money for it, so. Oh, yeah. So they do have a card game, and apparently John doesn't have it out. They also, there's an RPG in the works uh, by Yeah, I just, I just downloaded games. the Quick Start rules. <laughs> well, yeah, I downloaded the Quick Start rules. And, and kind of took a look through it. It's interesting. Uh, it looks like there's potential there. It's a very, fairly narrative-driven game, yeah, which the, makes sense. The card game is 20 bucks on Amazon right now. Oh, that might actually be worth picking up. Yeah. So if you want to do the quick, quick start rules, DriveThruRPG has the quick start, start rules. You can download it from there. Um, so now uh, on to our final thoughts. And John, I'm going to let you go first. My final thoughts. This this story. It's this is my favorite comic. It it really it really is. Going back through the going back through those 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 two issues there kind of really reminded me of that. Um, the fact that those last two completely surprised me, like took me unawares, like. And 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 changed the whole nature of how I thought about the entire piece. Uh, the, the thing things don't things don't do that often, and and when they do, you just need to acknowledge that that is something amazing. This is this is a comic that is it is very special to me, and I think that it's also special in ways that people don't get um it's yeah it's yeah. it's it's dif- it, it's difficult to sort of or it's difficult to sort of like articulate because like i have a lot of i have a lot of 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 feelings and mostly feelings there but the but but some 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 thoughts there that are all kind of like jumbled up but it's just that that it's it's grotesque but in a way that has made it beautiful. Um, there's something, uh, was it, it was something my, my, my mother always used to, always used to, to, to say to me when I was looking at different, uh, like looking at art or reading, reading something there. And, you know, yeah. she would always say like, you know, that it's a, like how very French of you. Um, because there's that, that, that old, that old thing of like French love, very pretty things and very ugly things. And this is kind of both of those things at the same time. Like this is, it's, it, 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 it deserves, it deserves, I think it got, I think it got a good go, but I still think it deserves more than it, um, 
than it currently has. Like it yeah, is, I agree with that. it is, it's, it's, it's so, it's so strong. It's so, and it, it's able to take something that starts out completely in, insane. Like I, I have, I like, I, I memorize it because I like because I will like suggest it to people and I'll say like, oh yes, it's the story of a um, semi-cannibalistic superpowered detective solving murders for the FDA during chicken prohibition. Um, and, and I'll just like say that all like all the time there. And to, to think that you can get something like that and end with this, this moment of true, it's not even cathartic. It's just this like true primal human tragedy at the end is, I mean, it's, it's a masterwork. It is absolutely a masterwork of both writing and of art because I cannot imagine it being any other artist, like any other artist here because it just, it's, it's so, it's so much there. Like the, like, like Tony is that picture, like is that picture of Tony Savoy is, is that, that picture of that, 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 those, those, those things of Savoy there, like they're, they're, that's who they are. And it's, it's, it's a powerful piece and I'm, I'm going to stop talking before I I ruin it because when I am absolutely in love with a thing, that's something that I uh, have a tendency to do. So you, you summed up my thoughts pretty much exactly. I, you know, when I picked it up 2010, uh, when I, when I picked up that first volume off the, the rack in a Trent's comic shop, uh, and read the first story arc, I was, uh, just baffled. Like, where the hell did this mm-hmm. come from? This, this is crazy. Yeah. This is amazing. I picked it up and I read it that night. Uh, went back to my, where I was staying, my, my friend Tom's house and, and read it that night. And, uh, I, I, uh, picked up the volume, sort of binged, binged them. Cause I'd always pick up two or three at a Well, one, a couple at a time. Yeah. Because they they'd release them and I'd be like, oh, I'm missing two volumes. I'll pick them up. The last two volumes I I didn't read, and and one of the reasons why is because I I knew we would want to revisit it on the podcast eventually, um, and we didn't pick it up. Like I think they had just finished the, finished the story, and I think volume eleven had had just released when we when we did the original episode on the old podcast, and so I picked up. Uh, I picked up those two and they sat on my shelf and I'm like, someday we'll revisit this and I'll, I'll read them when we do, I'm going to read them for the podcast. And obviously we, the, the other podcast kind of died and we, we started this up and I knew that, uh, I wanted to, this was one of those ones that I like, this is a priority. We need to talk yeah. about it. Uh, this is one of my, this is by far my favorite comic. I've got a bunch of them. Uh, that I really like Manhattan projects is another mm. one. I don't think you've read any of it. Fucking awesome. Yeah. Saga is a great one um, as well. I mean, for me, uh, the, the web comic turned normal comic, uh, kill 6 billion demons. Yes. Which we will I've, yeah. eventually talk about. Um, I actually got a bunch of digital copies Sweet. Uh, from a humble bundle a while back. Sweet. So we, we will eventually talk about that. But just like you said, like you can't imagine anybody else, but Rob Gilroy doing the mm-hmm. artwork. Uh, John Lehman created a masterful story. 
he's he's woven he's woven this story with all of these plot arcs and these disparate characters and this created this world that comes together in this culmination of this like sort of in your face last panel that's just shocking and amazing at the same time. And I'm excited that he's revisited this world uh, with the Chu C H U focusing on a different character. And I'm excited that he wants to make a second series yeah. featuring Olive oh, as and, and, and he's basically he's basically said it's going to be a more sci-fi futuristic piece because you know it is going to focus on Olive. Uh, it, it'll be I'll actually be curious to where he takes it if he's if he's going to set it after Chu murders the head alien uh, envoy. Or if it's going to be set before that, it's going to be yeah. I'm I'm excited, mm-hmm. and like you you said, this comic, it's one of those where when it first came out, it was wildly loved, like a lot of people really liked it. It won those awards and stuff, and then it just sort of gradually faded into the back of people's memory, and it's almost obscure now. Yeah, like it, I'll talk to even people who like comics, and they'll be like, Kevin, I have no idea what that is," and I'll be like, "Oh, well, let me tell you." <laughs> Because um, you have obviously dropped the goddamn ball. Even though we spoil the fuck out of it. There's so much. There's so much. To the point where I, and I've talked to John about this, I almost want to do a separate podcast, like a 60-episode podcast, or maybe a 70-episode podcast, whenever we get around to it, that just goes through issue by issue and talks about this comic, because there's so much there, and I and I love it so much. So I implore you, read it. Read it. So, with that, I think we're finished. I think this end concludes this episode. Uh, thanks thanks for listening. And, John, do you have any last words for us there before we... Not my hunky boys! That's that. That's... Relevant to Our Interests is hosted by John Pelliston and Frank Shaw. Produced and edited by Frank Shaw. The music arranged by Frank Shaw. Scripting by John Billiston and Frank Shaw. Graphic design by Frank Shaw and Nathan Newell. You can contact us at relevanttoourinterests at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and what used to be Twitter. John and Frank are on many other social media platforms. Hit us up. You can listen to us everywhere you listen to podcasts. <laughs>